The Boys of Fall by Scott Leopold Chapter 5 Shorty Shorty drove up to the football field, a mud pit surrounded by chicken coops with a rusty goalpost at each end. Like a sheepdog, he looked out at his flock of kids ready for practice. This team was full of raw potential, which would not be Shorty's problem. His problem would be keeping these boys on the field and out of trouble. He had to become the father they never had. He had to install them with discipline and self-worth. What Shorty saw was a complete contrast to Connor's Lake Travis team. Shorty and his life seemed to have taken different roads a long time ago, but it's hard to tell who gave up on who first. He walks like his bones are only loosely connected, shoulders moving like rocks in a paper bag with every heavy footstep. His clothes are badly fitting, and the dirt is apparent even from a distance. His eyes never leave the ground as he walks, and as he passes, there is a mumbling of bitter words spat more than spoken. You want to imagine him as a baby, a toddler, a child, a teen, but you can't. He is a broken man whose days have led him to being human surplus, unregarded, unrequired, unvalued. But not to his team of Pop Warner boys. To them, Shorty is their coach. There's my old line again. Moose is back, Shorty murmured to himself. Finishing his cheeseburger, he threw the wrapper on the floor of his rusted-out Buick with all the other trash. He took a drink of soda and grabbed his clipboard. Putting his whistle around his neck, he climbed out of his car and walked onto the field. Shorty was hungover from the night before, but football was his life. He would never dream of letting these kids down. He knew too well what was at stake. Such squandered potential that toward his soul every day. The kind you can't drink away either. It just eats at you from the inside until there's nothing left. When Shorty was a kid, he was a star running back in East Austin. Playing for Eastside Memorial High School, he rocketed past everyone on the field. Every time they gave him the pigskin, he was good for at least 10 yards. Not only did he lead the league in touchdowns, he also led the league in total yards. So he made every defense nervous when he was in the backfield and the quarterback started yelling an audible. But Shorty got cocky. He didn't take school seriously at all. He thought he was the greatest running back ever and that football would take him to a life of stardom and money, lots of money. Recruiters from all over Texas had been calling him since he was a freshman. By the time he was a junior, scouts from all over the nation had reported his performance, and he was getting more calls than a pizza shop on Super Bowl Sunday. He was even getting visits from Division I schools. Shorty eventually decided on Texas A&M and was all set to go as soon as he graduated from high school. But he got in with the wrong crowd. Thinking his future was fail-safe, he started making stupid decisions. Shorty eventually got caught stealing with his friends, but because the police officers knew who he was, they swept it under the rug, giving him a second chance. That's when Shorty started to think he was above the law. His behavior got more and more out of hand. Then one night, a fight broke out at a party, and someone in Shorty's crew pulled out a gun and shot a kid. 
Witnesses at the crime scene placed three black males there, and Shorty was one of them. Shorty didn't get charged with attempted murder, but while interrogating him, they charged him with several crimes that added up to a prison sentence of three years. Texas A&M awarded his scholarship to someone else, and Shorty went to jail. The prison yard had weights and a small dirt track that inmates used to keep in shape, but an inmate can't stay in the kind of shape you need to be in to play college football. So Shorty eventually lost his edge and struggled to get it back. When they released him, he tried to walk on at A&M in hopes of a second chance, but the coaches didn't care who he was anymore. He didn't have the speed he once had, and with it went his confidence. In a last-ditch effort, Shorty enrolled at Blinn College and walked on the football team thanks to his old high school coach. Shorty tried his best, but he wasn't the same, so the coaches kept him on the bench, a position he knew would get him nowhere. This is when Shorty started drinking heavily, lost in a dark corner in life. Eventually, he quit football altogether. It took him four years, but he earned an associate's degree in electronics and got a job as an electrician, and soon after that, his son came along. Shorty had a second chance at what he had lost. Looking around at his team of young men, Shorty was proud of what he saw. This was the only thing that mattered in his life. This was the one place where he was somebody. Shorty blew his whistle and signaled his team to gather around him. The boys grabbed their helmets and came running. They all were wearing different jerseys with pants that were different shades of dirty, some dingy gray and some rusty white. The equipment was donated to Shorty from the middle school, and it was third rate at best. Even though they didn't have the top of the line equipment or the best facilities like Lake Travis, they had the desire for a better life, and football was their way out. Even though Shorty was a gifted running back, his son was blessed with a quarterback's arm. He could throw a perfect spiral farther than any kid his age, and he was fast like his father, scrambling in the pocket, running the ball. This made him a double threat to his opponents and one of Shorty's main assets. Looking around, Shorty noticed his new players. Glad to have some new faces on the team, Shorty began. Most of y'all have played with me before, so y'all know your spots. If anyone wants to try something new, let me know and I'll see what I can do. Hey coach, I want to try... Moose started and quickly, Shorty quickly cut him off. Good to see you back, Moose. Hell, you make up most of my offensive line. All the kids laughed and Taco smashed his hands on Moose's shoulder pads and shook his head in agreement. Yep, my nigga. I wasn't being funny, Shorty shouted. Wait till he puts some of that size on y'all and you'll know what I mean. Coach, I want to try linebacker, Moose shouted. Shorty looked at him for a second. The linebackers could see he was considering the question. No, coach, not my spot. He has to earn that, and there's no way he'll do that, yelled one linebacker. I'll manage my team, y'all, Shorty started. Now take the field and get some stretching in. Bam Bam, you lead the team in stretches. The team rushed to the field with Bam Bam leading the way. Moose was front and center and Taco was in the back where he could go unnoticed. 
When the stretching was over, Moose looked at Shorty and said, Well? Well what? Shorty replied. Linebacker. Okay, I'll give you a shot. It's only fair. But you belong on that line. You do this team a world of good when you're on that line. I know, but I think I'd be a great linebacker. Moose jogged behind his coach as he huddled the boys together. Let's see what you got, Shorty said, looking back at Moose with a grin. That's not fair, yelled one of the linebackers, followed up by, yeah, by the others. All right, girl, stop your whining. If you're good, then you all got nothing to worry about. Coach Shorty then blew his whistle to start practice. Shorty's kids knew how to run the practice themselves. They knew the plays. They knew the drills. They wanted football. Shorty watched and analyzed each kid and took notes on his clipboard. He directed them where needed. But there was so much natural talent on the field, it was hard for him to keep it contained. Shorty liked what he saw out of Moose. He covered the gaps and let no one through. One play, he even exploded through the B-gap and stopped the run in progress. Moose was a huge intimidator, and it started to make sense to Shorty to play him at linebacker. But he was not as fast as the other linebackers. Plus, Moose was one of the few big kids that could play on the line. That's where Shorty needed him. With his mind made up, Shorty blew his whistle. Okay, that looked great. Moose, come here. Moose ran over to Shorty. Yeah, coach, Moose said with excitement. Shorty saw this and knew how much playing linebacker meant to this young player. But he had to do what was best for the team. Moose, for now, I'm going to keep you on the line. I know this isn't what you want to hear. But I need you on that line. The team needs you on that line. Moose's expression quickly melted into a look of confusion. He stood silent, hiding his feelings deep in his gut. Shorty could feel his frustration. Look, you did a great job out there. You really did. But the other kids have more seniority. I can't just take them out of the position they have been playing and let you play. Plus... I need you on that line. If there's one person where, where you can really help the team the most, it's stopping the runner at the line of scrimmage. You own that position, Moose. There's no one on this team that can do what you do on that line. We need you there. Moose nodded his head in agreement, but Shorty saw the disappointment that filled his youthful eyes, the kind of eyes that still see the world as a positive place. There's no harm in giving this kid some hope, Shorty thought to himself. I'll tell you what, I'll try, I'll, I'll try to play you a little at linebacker this season. And if one of the starters gets hurt, it's your spot. How about that? That would be awesome, coach. That's my boy, Shorty replied as he slapped him on the shoulder pads. Shorty then addressed the team. All right, y'all, that's it for today. When the team heard this, they instinctively took a knee. Shorty looked around at his kids who had given their heart and soul on day one. He loved these boys. He knew they gave everything they had, every practice and every game. This was Shorty's team, and he would do anything for them. This was his family, his second chance in life. Go home, y'all, and get some rest. Make sure you get, up, get on your schoolwork can't afford to lose anyone because of bad grades. Got it? 
Shorty exclaimed. Yes, sir, the team yelled in unison. Then Bam Bam took off in a sprint and looked back at Moose, who was holding the football. Moose, hit me long! Moose launched one about 40 yards, and Bam Bam caught it, then gave Moose the Heisman Trophy pose. You trying to take my spot now, Cameron yelled? Nah, man. Quarterback is all yours, said Moose. Shit. There's no way your old man would let anyone else play quarterback but you, Taco yelled. Cameron looked offended. Taco quickly smiled and laughed. I'm just joking, man. Moose doesn't want to play quarterback anyway. Bam Bam threw the ball back to Moose, who tossed it to Cameron, who launched one to Bam Bam like a bullet. That's how it's done, niggas. Niggas? You ain't no niggas. You's as white as those boys in Westlake, Taco fired back. Taco, did, Taco didn't like Cameron because he lived with his mom in Westlake and only played on the played on the East Austin team because his dad was the coach. Moose quickly put his arm around Taco to fuse the situation. Let's get out of here, he said. Now this, this boy right here, that's a real nigga, Taco said looking back at Cameron. You know you're Mexican, right? Cameron hollered back. Taco didn't say a word. He didn't even look back. He just flipped him the bird and kept walking.